This is a call to those who want incredible success, but do not necessarily want to get filthy rich. You want to help others, be purposeful, and enjoy all life has to offer. Welcome to the Inbound Marketing Revolution. This is Dow of Inbound with Ion Garlic. I have another incredible guest, a veteran marketer, author of both a dating book and a book called Sexy Boss, empowering women in the workplace. So she got a little bit of something for everyone. She's been involved in real estate, um, marketing, internet marketing, education, and been successful and all of them, I would like to welcome Heather and Havenwood. Hey, this is kind of fun. <laughs> I've never done a podcast in person. Yeah, we're doing the podcast live, live from Austin, Texas. In Austin, Texas, live. We just got done with yeah. an all-day mastermind, yes. so our brains are a little mushy yes. from learning so much. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, actually. Um, Heather, tell us a little bit more about your, sure. yourself. What do you got going on right now? Oh, wow, a lot. Um Mainly right now, I'm focused on um, on Sexy Boss and helping women change the way they view themselves in life, but also with my business and HeatherHavenwood.com, which is more about business and business coaching and, and helping entrepreneurs take their business to another level. So I've been in the information market business for 15 years, and um, my focus right now is really kind of giving myself back to the entrepreneurs and helping them. But also, I'm here at this mastermind. Why? Because I'm also... Looking to, I'm actually well, I have a supplement business, and so I'm looking to build that out. I mean, I think as an entrepreneur, I'm always creating. You know, even we are here today, this mastermind, and I loved being in the room because it was, we were talking about all these ideas, and one of the issues we had was stop creating and implement. You know, so uh, I'm always creating something. But I think we have to create, and yeah. um, what you've created a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about the thing that you created that was the hardest to create? Well, it's really interesting. The first thing that comes up when you say that, believe it or not, is my audiobook. That doesn't even sound, you're like, what do you mean audiobook is hard? Well, I created my book, Sexy Boss, which was like my story. It was one of the hardest books I wrote because it wasn't an informational book. It was like me talking about my story of like how I was really successful and then I failed and then I was really successful and then I lost everything. And then I'm like kind of coming back. And so it was, it was a heartfelt book. So the thing that was the hardest was I created my um, book for Audible where you're doing the quote unquote an audio book. And when you're doing an audio book, I learned quickly, you have to say every single little word. And then you have a, uh, a producer in your ear. And if you miss an A in the, the he screams at you like, no, do it again. You're like, ah! you know, so it was one of the hardest things I did because of one, I'm telling my story Two, I want to not sound like boring and, and you to hit every single word. It was actually one of the hardest things I did. I, it took me six weeks. I would go into the um, to the studio only at two hours at a time once a week because I would come home and I would pass out because it was really exhausting. So it took me about six weeks to actually complete the process and then it got edited and then now it's an Audible. You can listen to me as an author tell my own story through my book on Audible. It's actually a really hard project. And 
how did you get started doing it? I mean, w- w- did you think about it? Did you plan it out, or just like I'm, I'm doing an audiobook and let's let's see? Well, yeah, I didn't really think. I thought, well, I do, you know, I speak, I can, I can talk. Yeah, I'll do my own. I'll do my own. I've got book. a sexy voice. Yeah, I didn't really think much about it, and so um, I reached out to someone who said, "Well, if you're gonna do an audiobook, you got to do it the right way. You can't do it by yourself at home. You know, like this. You have to really actually have." you know, equipment in a studio. So I reached out to this guy and he's been doing this for 25, 30 years. He's a voiceover by trade. And I walk into his office and I tell him what I want to do. And he just looks at me and he literally says, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, how hard can it be? <laughs> it's just me talking right in the mic. Right. He's like, no, I really, most authors never do their own voiceover for their book. It's actually really a different skill. And he said, tell you what, why don't you go home and think about it first? Because I'm really not going to take you on until you really think about this. So I had to think about it. And then I came back and I started the process. And he, um, I think the first time I did it, I think I lasted maybe an hour, hour and a half. And it was horrible. Like I sucked. I was horrible. He was yelling at me every five minutes. So I actually had to do the whole thing over again the next week. And so then that's when it. I woke up to, okay, this is hard. Like, you know, this is a challenge. Um, and if you listen to like, let's say some speakers that we know, Tony Robbins, he has a, a new book out and he, you can buy it on Audible. But if you listen, he actually doesn't read the book. He's got a voiceover reading the details of the book. And then he kind of does like commentary about each chapter, which he has his personality. And so I know it sounds odd, but it's one of the few things in the last couple of years I'm like really proud of. Um, and then now I'm, I'm starting a supplement business. Um, so I like that too. Um, and you know, what do you feel like? I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about sure. the audiobook, but how it relates to just the experience because it's, it's definitely a piece of marketing. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a piece of marketing. It's education because you're educating, you're providing value to people. Um, you know, and I, I, what did you think you were going to get out of it when you were first making the audiobook? I just thought it was another place to market the book. I mean, you know, I thought, okay, I put it on Amazon. I have it physical. Of course, I'm going to have it audio. the book in audio. It's just another way to consume the the medium. That's how I looked at it. When I first started, it was just like, oh, well, that's what you do as an author. Um, but I didn't really realize the process. If you look at most books out there, do not have their own audiobook. Even with big, big publishers like HarperCollins, it, usually they launch the book and then like a year or two later come out with the audiobook. And I didn't do that. I launched the book and I pretty much went to studio within a month. Almost because like I didn't know better. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, yeah, like yeah. I didn't know I clue what I was bad. doing. And then when I went reached out to Audible Audible, they were kind of confused by me, like, well, what do you mean you're self-published? Are you not with Harper? Call? Like, who are you? Are you the author? I'm like, I'm the author. I'm the creator. I'm the voice and I'm everything. And they had to put me in this different category. Like, well, that's abnormal, you know? And I was like, so well, you're in the abnormal category. I'm in the, yeah. Well, <laughs> so if you're looking me. for sexy boss, go to Audible, <laughs> left hand column. You'll see abnormal. abnormal. It's like, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. And Heather's, Heather's book. Yeah. Uh, so it was interesting. It was a huge, it was a huge project. I'm really proud of. And, but you know, I think that's a lot of people. The the successful people just start stuff, not knowing completely how to do it. Yeah, so true. And you know, we 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 were listening to um, a guy today that Greg, who is really good at finances, talking about IRAs. Yeah, super interesting stuff for a financial geek like me. And he, you know, the first thing he said is like, you know, I I pretended like I was successful first. 
and did it. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's so important, and, and especially in marketing, because a lot of people are like, well, I need to know everything. No, no, forget that. Forget that. I mean, even right now is the settlement business. Um, I don't know everything. I'm here because I'm like, okay, here, here are the questions I have. You have to be, um, what I call curious and ask questions and just keep going. It's kind of like just walk. I call entrepreneurship like walking on a plank and you don't know the next two steps. You might know the next step, but you don't know the next two steps. Maybe you'll know two, but you won't know the next three. And they just kind of present themselves as you go along. So when I had the concept of writing, just like my book, I mean, it sounds so simple. It was more about getting my story out. And then someone's like, oh, Audible. I'm like, oh, how do I do that? Oh, let me do some research. Oh, this guy did Joe Vitale's book. He's in Austin. I'll make the phone call. Pick up the phone. You just start... The next step presents itself, and that's what entrepreneurs are willing to do. And someone asked me this a few weeks ago, which I think is profound, is why do most people not start their own business or whatever? I said that's because they're scared to death of failing. And that's because when we go in first grade all the way through high school, if not college, we're taught don't fail. Don't fail. You don't want to redo fourth grade, do you? No, you want to go to fifth grade, so don't fail fourth grade. You know, And then entrepreneurship is all about failing. It's all about trying something, fall on your butt, pick back up, dust off, try it again. I mean, that's what uh, those guys in the room today, the mastermind, all those guys have failed and succeeded. And, oh, this funnel failed. This copy failed. Okay, let's tweak that. Oh, it's better. I mean, that's what entrepreneurship is. And I think most people, especially women, they don't like to fail. They don't look like to look bad. And I guess I'm willing to look bad, <laughs> look yeah. like shit, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's horrible. Oop. But I guess I'm willing to look bad then not do it at all. Because I, I promise you, if a professional voiceover listened to my audiobook on Audible, I'm sure I did a ton of stuff wrong. You know what I mean? But it's still me. It's my story. It's my book. And I'm proud of it. I'm okay with that. And I've never had a complaint. The consumer likes it. You know, so. And it's done. And it's done. Yeah. And it's check out mark. there. Yeah. It's out there. And Forever. That's, and that's a big deal. It's like getting stuff out there. Um, and to segue into kind of talking about a little sure. bit about the supplement business, because you said, I don't know anything about supplements. So I want everyone to know that I got to met, meet Don, uh, and he's actually the one that knows everything yeah, about the supplements. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, and yeah, the marketing. Yeah. 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 Heather's, Heather's doing the, the, the marketing he's aspect the of it. He's the science and that he, he can actually pronounce every word on the back and <laughs> he can understand, well, this does this in the body. And I'm like, uh huh. Great. Does it work? Is it awesome? Awesome. Let's, let's, let's get it out there. Um, it is a really awesome product. They are amazing and they're, they're extremely potent and, and powerful and people get a result. So I'm the one who's like, let's get out to the marketplace, which is what entrepreneurs do, I think. Yeah. And, and, and entrepreneurship, a lot of it is marketing and getting things out to the marketplace. Yeah. And, um, when did you realize that? You know, Mark, how did you get over or were you just always like, you know what? I'm just going to get this out there and get this no. out there and get this out there. When did you go, you know what? I need to start getting stuff out there instead of thinking. About um, it. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Oh, I'll tell you when. So um, I was in Orlando. You and I have that connection. And I had um, just foreclosed on my house and bankruptcy. I was totally broke. And I was in this place of what the hell? I'm just, I'm just can't cuss. We're like, what, what the F, right? What the you, F? You already said shit. So yeah, we're so over what that. the fuck am I going to do with my life? Do I go back to corporate world? Do I go become a taxi driver? Like what? And I had this guy, 
who is a coach. Um, and I was at this kind of a, a mastermind event and he said to me, I'll never forget it. Cause we're sitting there talking and he's, he's an entrepreneur himself. He's always successful. And he, <laughs> he grabs my hand and goes like, I want you to write this down, this piece of paper. And I'm kind of crying or something and feeling sorry for myself or something. I'm sure. And he says, okay, write this down. And he goes, uh, I give my precision, per, I give myself permission to fail. And I'm writing it. I'm like having a hard time writing it. Right. And then he takes a whole other piece of paper and he, he creates this like certificate. Okay. This is really important. He creates a little certificate on this piece of paper and he, he writes it down and goes, uh, this is your permission to fail. I'm giving you full permission to fail. And I started bawling because that's the piece I had not given myself. So every time I had an idea, I would stop myself or I'd, I'd have an idea and I'd ask someone, what do you think? And now I don't do that. I'm like, I got this idea. Okay. How am I going to implement that? I don't think about, is it good? Is it not good? Is it going to work? I just start and then I'll hit a wall and maybe it's not a good idea and I'll, you know, recreate something or I'll shift something or maybe I'll drop the idea. But the point is, as I gave, I started to give myself permission to look bad or to fail. And that's when I started implementing, implementing, and implementing, implementing. And now, Things implemented really fast. I'm, a, I'm an implementer. I'm an implementer now. I used to be an idea person, and now I'm just an implementer and an idea person. And I, I, that's that a, no, that makes complete sense. And I, you know, I've never really talked about. We talked a lot about failing, and I've never even heard anyone say it that way. But it's like failure becomes like a muscle, and yeah. it, and it's it's it grows, and you can take supplements and, <laughs> and and grow it. The only way to here's a good example. The only way to grow a muscle. In the gym, you have to fail it. You have to get it to failure, and then you rest, and then it grows. That is literally how physics works. The only way to grow a muscle in your body to get bigger is you have to go into the gym, and you have to get it to failure. Yeah. So that's business, and that's entrepreneurship. The only way to grow is to go to a point of failure where you're breaking the software. Either you're, you know, you've got so many orders, you don't know what the hell to do. I mean, that's... That's growth. It, it is great. That's fantastic. And it's growth. And it, it's and true. It's, and it's so true. And the, and the way to start doing it is to get in the gym and, and start failing. And, yeah. and, and, and it's not pretty. No. And, and you look funny. And you, you got to be afraid. I love also the idea of the certificate because it's it's a fable that we all know. It's the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's and it's funny because we watch it and we're like, oh, the Cowardly Lion needed a certificate. But how much does that certificate all give us permission to be successful? How many, like you go in doctor's offices, they have certificates all over the place. It gives them permission to do something. Yeah. But we're, we're taught that at a young age. We're taught that like, oh, you completed kindergarten. Here's your certificate. You completed high school. Here's your certificate. You now have permission to go to college or whatever, right? Yeah. And so we're taught that. And so when he did that, his name is Bill, he, I, I literally was in these tears because I had never given myself permission. And he first gave me the permission. He's like, I give you permission to fail. And then he's like, now I want you to give yourself permission. And that was a turning point. It was a turning point. And it took me a few years to, you know, kind of, of course, get back on my feet. But that moment of giving my pers- myself permission to just do it, believe it or not, was a turning point. That makes sense. Oh, it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. I think that's someone that everyone listening to this needs to do. Um, everyone's got something on their brain that they're like, oh, I'm going to get this yeah. started when I'll get this started when I have more time Perfect. or when the kids get older or 
you know, when, when I have more money or there's always an excuse to get started because really they're scared of failing. So they come up with those excuses. Mm-hmm. And really the only way to do it is to get started. I think there was someone in our mass one day talked about Disney and the process yeah. that Disney went through. And if the, I can't remember the exact process Brad was talking about it, but one of them was just about massive brainstorming and the implementation. The third step was criticizing it. Yeah. But if Disney had, it was Disney who actually, Walt Disney who actually implemented that. And it's the creation, the creation and implement it. And if you look at over years of Disney and how many animation, uh, I guess, cartoons they've created, some have failed. But then there's ones that have been great. You know, well, none of them failed go- since he left. Really? really? Yeah. I mean, interesting. Uh, yeah. Because, well, his process was, was a point of failure where they, but they failed internally. And they had three rooms, which we didn't talk about today, which was crazy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it was three rooms. Uh-huh. The first one was the brainstorming room. I think the third one, they made people cry. Like literally, I read stories about like people would go in and take their idea and, and it would just tear into it and make, or you know what? I think the second room was make people cry. And the third room was the fixing room. And then they started over. I, I don't remember the exact story, yeah. but that process of failing, I mean, the guy went bankrupt. You know, Disney went bankrupt. He failed yeah, sure. so many times and just kept pushing forward, kept pushing forward, kept pushing forward and came out of failure. And we talk about a lot. And I think if you're not an entrepreneur, you don't feel it internally. No. And, and it's scary to people. No. But for me, it's exciting because I'm like, I just learned something. And it also makes it that much harder for someone to catch up to you. You know, it's interesting right now, you know, Donald Trump is in the polls and whatever you feel of him is fine. But someone was trying to catch him off guard about that he would not be a good president because he filed bankruptcy. And you, I mean, you could tell he almost wanted to laugh. And I heard that. I'm like, you don't get business. Yeah. Like bankruptcy is not failure at all. I went through bankruptcy. And at the time when I did it, it felt like this massive failure. But it was actually this beautiful gift that the, the capitalists of of America we created because we're entrepreneurs. It is literally a gift that is given. Yeah, to some people obviously, you know, um, abuse it, sure. But it's designed so because we are entrepreneurs. If you look at the it when is, it yeah. yeah, when it came, when, when it was created, it was designed so people can come here and fail and create business. That and, was a design. And it's made America successful. It's, it really has. I mean, Walt Disney uh, went bankrupt. Uh, Donald Trump's gone bankrupt. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. I mean, there's so many people that have. And so when I went bankrupt, I actually read a book about the word bankruptcy and the whole story behind it and how it was seriously created in the um, commerce system designed for people to come over to America to create businesses. That was like the designation. That was why it was created. So I think that nowadays we're, people are told the bankruptcy is failure. And that's why here's, you know, Donald Trump, who's very successful and they're trying to make him out to be a failure that he can't be president of the United States because he had a bankruptcy. And that's what society thinks, which I think is, not true. It's not true. Entrepreneurship is all about creation, creation, creation. As lo- and as long as, yeah, as long as he didn't abuse the bankruptcy system. He didn't. Yeah, so it, it's it's fine. Um, and it, that failure is so, so important. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So how do you, you do business coaching, right? Yeah. So, and when you coach someone, do you find that a lot of people are afraid of the failure? Is that something you have to mm-hmm. coach people out of? Yeah, I find... Uh, 
two big things. When they hire me, they, they usually are hiring me because they want to get more clients, increase their revenue. Great. And I work with their marketing to do that. The number one thing I hit up against the wall almost immediately is them selling themselves. That's number one. And number two is, um, the fear of selling themselves equals not looking good, which is IKEA failure, right? Mm-hmm. If I do it wrong, what if I say something wrong? What if I can't do it right? Why can't I, why do I have to be in the what head are, of it? What are it's these all people the going to think about me? Yeah. Like, yeah. What are I they going to think the about me? What, what if they don't buy? What if, uh, you know, what if, it's I, that. what if I upset these people? Yeah. Oh. I don't want to sell. I don't want to be that guy. That was my recent one. I don't want to be the guy. I hate I salespeople. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that one a lot too. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, we were, you, you and I both know Ryan Dice yeah. and, uh, and we work with them and I'm like, well, you got to look at what Ryan's doing. I'm like, well, I get his emails and he sends me too many emails. I'm like, what? how much money are you making and how much money is he making? Yeah. Are we here to make friends or are we here to make money? Here to make and, money. And exactly. Offer. I mean, you know, and some of the people will stop being your friends. Offer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. You happen. gotta sell. I was talking about somebody in sales. Is that good marketing? Salespeople love to be sold to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. When I get a salesperson on the phone, I'm like, oh, talk to me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Dan Kennedy said that, and I'm like, that is so true. I mean, I'm the person when I went to get my new car. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fun. I want to see how they're gonna talk to me and what they're gonna do and how they're gonna sell me. But I, I honestly, if you fall in love with the sales process and fall in love to be sold, selling's easy. It's when you quote unquote have that mindset of like you don't like sales and you don't like selling salespeople. You have that, you're not gonna be able to sell. There's no way because your mindset's already blocked to that. So you asked me a question about what I deal with, with with clients. That's what I'm dealing with. I usually deal with that mindset. And and I got to shift it. And that's a big mindset. You know, we it talk, uh, I, I don't think now 30 episodes in, there's not been a single one where people say mindset's not critical and it's a critical part of marketing. It is. It's a critical part of sales. And there's a lot of mindsets that you have to work on. And that's a big one too. Is it, And how do you that's coach true. people past that? Ooh, wow. Um, I got to figure out where they're at. I mean, that's kind of a personal, like how, where are they at now? Like what's the mindset they have now? Why do they have that mindset? And then, yeah. And then where, where can we shift to? What's that one little step that we shift to? But I will tell you right now, like my dating business that I have, datingtriggers.com, where, um, through it's email marketing and there's through the different systems I have, sometimes people can get up to three to four to five emails from me a day. And each one, there's never an email that doesn't go out that doesn't have a promotion. And people ask me, why in the hell would you do that? I'm like, well, you got to remember, email today today is like TV. Turn on the TV at 8 a.m. And if you turn on the TV at 8 a.m. and not expect to be sold, right? You're lying to yourself. Right, you're lying to yourself. Turn it on at 10 p.m. Are they going to sell you? Yes. You turn on the TV, they're going to sell you no matter what time of day, 8 a.m., 4 p.m., Oprah, 10 p.m., late show. Why not email? It's the same medium. I mean, because email is a communication tool. TV is a communication tool. So why are you not expecting to be sold to? And so in every single email that I ever, 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 even it's a self-promotion, a solo promotion and or content, I'll always add a promotion. I'll always add something to, to sell. Always. Well, and, and if you're providing value, people want to buy from you. And that's the, that's yeah. a good sales process is, is you're pr- providing value. Yeah. And I got that from Dice. I mean, Dice, there isn't an email that goes, goes out that they don't have some kind of sales something 
always, even if they're adding content or value or, you know, here's the information piece, they're still going to sell you something in a link or whatever. And that's, I think that's a key piece. Some people think I'm crazy. I'm like, uh, why would I waste that email out of not giving them value plus a promotion like a TV? Yeah. It's like Fox News, right? Turn on Fox News at nine. You're going to get sold something. Well, it's not even just Fox News. It's any news. It, it is, any right. news media. I like Fox. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Fox, I'm but a big fan. We, I like we, Megan we, Kelly. I want to be Megan Kelly. When I came back, I want to come back be Megan <laughs> Kelly. I just love her. But I, I just think that people have a hard time selling. Yeah. And they, they shouldn't because it's part of what the world we're in today. But anything you, I mean, as kids, we're great salespeople because you have to sell everything <laughs> you want. And then we're yeah. just told. Then you're married and you got to sell your spouse. So, I mean. Yeah, everything's a sale. <laughs> everything's a sale. I totally agree with that. Well, I think society doesn't like it for some reason. I think it's a personal. I think it's in their family. I don't know. I grew up that sales is okay. I grew up in a, in a, I guess, in a household that you had to, you had to sell your position to get what you want, you know, for the family. Like you had to sell, okay, I want to do this. Now I want to do this. Like, well, I'm going to tell you why we should do this, you know? And so I guess I learned that persuasion at a young age because I never got what I wanted. I was the baby. I was the young one. So they kind of just like, I, I love chunky cheese and I had to sell my dad like every week. I'm like, why we should go to chunky cheese this week, even though we went the last three weeks. And so I don't know, maybe I just learned at a young age on how to be persuasive. Well, and, and <laughs> you were never told it's wrong. And, and that's, that's a big thing. That's too. probably true. Yeah. And, and, I don't know. I think he probably did. I just was persevering. Like, I just want Chuck E. Cheese. I don't want to go. And you probably got Chuck E. Cheese a couple times. So you're like, this works. This works. So you start reading Zig Ziglar at 11. You're like. (laughs) I did. I did. (laughs) I actually did start reading Zig Ziglar um, in high school. Isn't that scary? I did start reading Zig Ziglar in high school and how to, how to achieve. And the key, the key that I learned at a, at, at about that time was how to ask for what you want. Ask for what you want, ask for what you want, ask for what you want, ask for what you want. And as a female, that's not, um, it's, it's not ingrained. I wouldn't say not normal. It's just not ingrained in females as much as men. It's ingrained in men, like go what you want, go for what you want. Yeah. And then women, it's more like be the nice girl, be the nice girl. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't a nice girl. I would just say what I wanted. And I just went, kind of went after what I wanted. And I would just say what I wanted and then annoyed people. But it, that's really entrepreneurship. It's yeah. saying, I want this, and then like having it happen or creating it. Getting it to happen, yeah. and then going, why didn't I ask for more? Why did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you a story that I didn't really realize how like the dots connect over years. But I was, um, I was in college, and actually I had to drop out of college because I, lo- I didn't have any money. Um, I ran out of money, basically. So I had to go get this job. A job. Like I didn't know what to do. So I go get this job and at South Western Bell. And of course I was 23, white girl, cute. Okay. You're going to be customer service, right? That's like, okay. And I said, no, I want you to put me in outside sales. And then the guy laughed at me in the interview. He's like, ha ha ha. Yeah, no. He's like the average person's, first of all, it's a male. Second of all, it's, you know, male in their forties and cause they get a salary and stuff. Like, no, you're like, Th- that's three levels up. And I said, I know I want to be outside sales. And he still laughed. Oh, oh, oh. His name was Michael. And he could tell I was dead serious. And I'm like, no, 
I want to be outside sales. I'm not going to start out a customer service and work my way up. I want to start there. But that was the hardest. It's like the hardest one. He goes, okay, tell you what. And he kind of giggled. He goes, all right, I'll, I'll hire you outside sales. Here's how it works. You get three months. You have to hit your quota in three months. And if not, you're out. And you have to hit your quota every single month. And every single month you start over. And if you don't hit your quota, you're out. And, uh, and I had no sales training, none. And I think he had a bet with one of the other managers that I was probably going to fall on my butt. So I said, okay. So I walk in. I'm the youngest one. I'm one of the only females. And I was there for four and a half years, believe it or not. Actually, outlasted that guy. And I was number one in sales my last year of the whole country. And then I got fired, which I found fascinating. But it was, it was interesting because that was what I did. I asked for what I wanted. Because if I had just taken what they given me, they were going to give me a $10 an hour job or something like that as customer service. Yeah. You know? And then I would never be able to finish my career. So I finished my, my degree. Cause what happened is I actually ended up getting uh, my degree at night and they helped pay for it because I was in that position. But that was me at a very young age going, no, I want this. You're going to hire me for this. And he just looked at me like, wow, you got some balls, girl. All right. I'll hire you. I'm going to let you fall on your face, you know? And I said, I didn't, which I think kind of surprised him. Actually. <laughs> He's like, Oh, this is interesting. Um, but again, going back to entrepreneurship, it's asking for what you want and being okay with it. And so if someone wants to take that, that next leap and wants to ask for what they want and wants you to help them, what, what, what do they need to do? Um, say yes internally. Step one, that they want it themselves and they're willing to do whatever it takes to do it. Um, if they want to work with me or someone like me, they can go to heatherhavenwood.com and uh, – click on work with me and set up a time to work with me and talk to me about a discovery call to see if we're a good fit. I want to take, I want to take about 10 clients a year. So that's a key piece. But honestly, I think it's the first step is just making sure that they want it, whatever they want. They got to get clear that they want it. They don't have to be clear exactly what they want. They just have to be clear that they want something different. That makes sense. And that's what then I kind of help them get clear on what exactly they want and then how they're going to implement it. That's, and I think that's great because the clarity, people think that they need absolute clarity on what they want. And, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like we talked about it all day today. It's like, it's going to change. It's going to change on a daily basis and mm-hmm. be ready for that. You, you, people are like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and yeah, it's fine. You can be something different every day. Like we're almost talking about, you know, I, I change every day, but being, knowing that you want something else. Mm-hmm. That's key. I, I think the worst things we do for our kids today is ask them when they're 18 years old, like, what are you going to do when you grow up? Or what are you going to be? What are you going to be? What do you want to be? I'm like, I think that's, that's ridiculous. I don't know what I'm going to be next year. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I know who I am, but like what I'm going to be is different. So I think that this first part of being an entrepreneur, starting your own business is just making the decision internally. Cause I want it. I want something different. And then surrounding yourself like we are today, the mastermind, surrounding yourself with people that have, are doing it or are doing it better than you or going where they, you want to go as well. And then getting a coach. I've had a coach since I was 25. I've always had some kind of personal life or business coach. And honestly, it's really the key to my success. And I surround myself with people that are doing better than me in some, in some way. And coaching is so important. And people, I, I, I tell people like, you need a coach, you need a coach. And so I'm like, ah. and then I was listening to an audiobook this morning when I was out running and uh, talking about Zig Ziglar again. And he had a co- he had like fifteen different coaches at once. 
Yep. One for like every single thing that he did. And, you know, and if you want to be successful, model someone that's more successful than you. And it's so important. That's actually something I've taken on is having multiple coaches in different areas of your life. A spiritual coach, a business coach, maybe a a training, you know, like a body coach, health coach. I mean, taking things to the next level. And uh, there's a period of my life I had about four at the same time. Right now, I currently have one, um, but it's always looking for that next level, next level, next level. I think Tony Robbins talked about how he had about four or five at one point as well. It's like because a coach's job is to help you discover what you want and then help you get the results you want and take you to the next level. Like and, that's the job. And understand, and be able to tell you what you're doing wrong. Yeah. And because we're all doing something a little bit wrong. You do something better. And yeah. And it shouldn't all be. And you know the worst people to ask advice from your friends. Oh yeah. (laughs) Or your parents or your uncles or whatever, because they're family, they're too close. And a coach is a very distinct relationship because you are paying them money to, to tell you how you're messing up. I mean, like you're going to listen to that. You know what I mean? Versus your buddy hanging out, having a cocktail. You're going to be like, ah, yeah, well, whatever. It's all good. You know, you're going (laughs) to, it's all good. Let's have another cocktail. You're not going to listen to him. You know, even your boss, you're still like, eh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. A coach is a distinction. Like it's like my job is to help you become your best. So I think everyone should have a coach. My dad actually dumped me. I called my dad dumped me. And so now I have a coach. Um, I called him one time when I was 25 and I didn't, I was kind of in these tears of what am I going to do with the rest of my life kind of story. And he just, <laughs> I think as a dad, he was like, I'm done, you know? And he goes, all right, that's it. I'm done. You got to get a coach from here on out. And I just kind of, you're wow. dumping me as my dad, you know, but honestly it was the best gift he ever did. And about three months later, I got my first, my first coach. And that was when really my life started to change because I was able to listen to what they were saying and make changes a lot faster than dad. You know, yeah. he's your dad. Like he's what he's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's kind of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure, dad. dad. Sure. I don't want to hear about Vietnam stories again, dad. Come on. You know, so <laughs> it's a different person that I'm paying the money every month for them to tell me, you know, and so that was when my life changed. And also when you're paying the money, you do this stuff because you yeah. got skin in the game. You do. It's like your cash. It's your money and you're paying it. And uh, it's like a trainer. It's like a personal trainer. If you're paying the money for that hour, you better do what they say. You know, if not, you're just wasting your money. You're wasting their time. And most good coaches don't want to have someone's going to waste their time. Like, I don't want to, you know. So for me, my clients, when we're on the phone, it is it is balls to the wall. They're working on their life in that one hour. I mean, it's hardcore. They're not doing anything else. They're not petting the dog. It's like, boom. And they get homework. And then they come back. And then they do it. And they go to the next level, next level. And that's what a good coach does. That's why that's why I do for people. Awesome. Awesome. So I have a few more questions. Sure. What book are you reading right now? Oh, you asked me that. Um, Florence Scovelshin, Game of Life, How to Play It. Uh, but the book today that was brought up, The Mastermind Flow, I want to read that. Yeah, I don't. I'll probably, I'll, yeah. yeah, I was going to, I put that on my wish list today. That me too. By that. Flow. I'm like, oh, I want that one. Boom. I got like three books today. Flow. I yeah. always end up like with 20 more books. Yeah. And I have to put my Audible up to three times. <laughs> See? Audible. Um, Florence Gorlshin, A Game of Game of Life and How to Play It. Awesome. And what mindset are you working on right now for yourself? Ooh, thank you for asking that. Ooh, wow. You know, 
uh, it's actually, mm, that's hard, hard one. The thing I'm working on right now specifically for myself is because I'm putting myself out there a lot as a coach and uh, that's new for me to put myself out there as the forefront. Um, and so just kind of working through that process of putting myself there more at the forefront of, of the, in the limelight. And I'm usually the behind the scenes kind of like managing a bunch of stuff and just putting myself out there to be more open. I think that's just kind of a new concept for me and being able to share my story. It's just a new mindset for me, me sharing my story and helping other people. So it's a shift. And I, I, I find it interesting because over the years of mentors, I hear stories and mentors are like, you know, there's a time in your life when you're, you're making money and then you want to shift to help others. And I would always hear that. And I'm always like, it's bullshit, man. I'm just trying to survive. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just trying to pay my bills. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in that place where I'm still creating. I'm still building. I'm still a builder, but I'm now kind of shifting that and I want to help other people build. It's awesome. It's a good feeling too. Yeah. It's and, a good and it feeling. helps you. Yeah. I mean, it you get better. You get better in all ways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it is an interesting shift that way. That's a big shift. Yeah, yeah. That is a big shift. Mentally, I have to like shift my brain around it. And you'll do it. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Welcome. Heatherhavenwood.com. Heatherhavenwood.com or sexybossinc.com. That's some good websites. Thank you. <laughs> Sexy boss. Go see it. Well, this has been Iron Garlic, Dow of Inbound. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure to check out Heather's site. And have a wonderful week and get going on those projects. Start failing. <laughs>